You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Thanks for checking out the Redux Church Podcast, a place for genuine conversation covering Scripture and the principles we glean from it. Now, here's your host. All right, everybody, we are so happy to have you with us in this conversation. Today, we're in Acts chapter 4. I've got a couple of... uh, star people with me today i'm feeling of low self-esteem giants in the face just waving and bowing to them (laughs) uh we have uh jeremy of course with us say hi jeremy and our our most honored guest today vicky simmons how are you i'm doing great this is is, awesome i'm excited about it's a delight to have glad to be here just, just looking at her smiling face, and I'm already excited about X4. If I wouldn't have I been know. excited about X4, I get to see Vicky at least once a week, and I'm telling you, it's a treat it's every true. time. It's Man, we have a I'm, good time, don't we? We do. I'm jealous. We have fun. I am incredibly jealous. You know, I was just realizing too the contrast of introductions you've had for me on this podcast in just three chapters. Well, four now. Mm. It mm. went from we have. One great dude and this other guy <laughs> to a couple of colossals. <laughs> I think I called you infamous on one, on one introduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, but you know, in fairness, it was Tom Heinig on that one. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and hey, I just want to address this because because those listening wouldn't know otherwise. But this is our second attempt at recording chapter four because uh, Wayne, uh, you know, has his whole life dealt with some stupid breathing crap. Mm-hmm. That's how I word it. That's what I call it. That's and, what it uh, is. So we we prayed through that. But you know, if he coughs, he coughs. So he's yeah. he's uh talk about a colossus, man, this guy. Man. Power through. Who needs well, yeah. oxygen though, really? Like is it that big of a deal? It's highly underrated, let me tell you. <laughs> highly underrated. All right. Well, we do wanna tell you that uh uh, this conversation is best had after uh, a time of worship, and so we encourage you to uh, maybe hit the pause button here in a minute. Uh, go to Amazon Music, Spotify. Uh, you can go to Redux.Church, uh, listen to the Redux uh, house band. Uh, there's some great stuff there. Uh, but spend uh, 15, 20 minutes in worship, then come back and join us. And now we're going to assume that you are back. See how yes, that works, Miss Vicky. By the way, wonderful. I got a question. Have you been on a Redux uh, Scripture podcast before? I have not. No. You have not. So this is the first. I've listened, though. I've been a listener. Have right. you really? I sure have. You think it's... No, don't answer that. <laughs> I listened to you guys and the fabulous Tom Heinig. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Well, she showed up today, so she must be on our side. <laughs> That's so. fair. That's fair. Although we've already had a discussion about whether we agreed or disagreed how we did that. So, I don't know. She may have come loaded for bear today. Well, yeah, hope so. Okay. Give us give us two, three sentences on who Vicki Simmons is before we start. Is that a trick question? Uh, <laughs> no. Is it? Are you going to no. give us a trick answer? Though? No, I'm not. <laughs> well, let's see. I've been a believer for most of my life, but... Then I went from believing to an unbelieving believer. So I've been on quite a journey. Uh, He redeemed me from the pit several years ago, blessed me uh, beyond anything I could imagine, and uh, found myself going from the corporate world. So I was very much into the corporate world, worked for Fortune 100 companies. Mm. And he took me out of that world and put me into the the ministry life. I worked with... uh, 
a woman minister who moved powerfully in all the gifts of the Spirit. She had a healing ministry. He put me on the front lines because I grew up not believing in that mm. and not realizing that there was more. And so he had to show me the more. I'm awesome. a little stubborn that way. I'm one of those that kind of has to see. So you're from Missouri, the show me state? <laughs> no, I'm actually was <laughs> no, born here, but I spent a lot of time in Texas. Mm. Uh, so, you know, long story short, ended up going to uh, learn, get a little bit more in depth teaching on the Bible, learning, went to Bible college and that was just for me, but uh, he's just taken me from that, and I'm on staff at a church here in Oklahoma City and lead the women's ministry, and I'm a teacher cool. now. So so we got a real person with a real story to be on with us today. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so now two out of three of us have real credentials. Yes, yes. <laughs> we don't know. We'll figure out which that other one is Who here in a minute. Who did we leave maybe. out? Um, so we're in <laughs> Acts chapter 4. And uh, we're going to read uh, live here about 22 verses, and then we'll get into our conversation. You guys ready? Yep. All right. Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power? Is this Acts 4? This is Acts 4. Are you sure? Because mine says something different. What version are you reading out of? Um, I'm, in, I'm in the ESV. Mine starts with, and as they were speaking to the people. Is that who we're talking about? Yeah. Oh, okay. I heard Caiaphas. I didn't read Caiaphas. All right. Sorry. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> wow. Um, My, I, yeah. Verse two. <laughs> Greatly annoyed because they were teaching the <laughs> people. Because he interrupted the reading. <laughs> and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. On the next day, the rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed? Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is a stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them 
not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people, for all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. Wow, that's so old. (laughs) Thanks, Jeremy. I'm more than 40. That's fair. Yeah, but he was 40 years crippled. Right. And I don't think we catch that sometimes in the story. His whole life of 40 years was in that condition. Exactly. So it's, it's one thing to be injured and be restored. It's a different thing to have something that was a, a born right. uh, difficulty um, to overcome in, in an instant. Mm-hmm. 40 years instantaneously. Mm. But uh, uh, That's let's, reason to celebrate. Yes. So let's jump off here. Um, I, I love the part where they say, we cannot help but speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I was reviewing this chapter this morning, again, since this is our second <laughs> time trying to record this, um, you know, the thought hit me. I, I wonder how much in our day and time that we are, we are docile, domesticated mm. in the culture. And, and we just, we just learn to be quiet. We learn to not ruffle feathers. We learn not to be bold. Uh, we learn just to show up on church on Sunday morning and listen to a sermon and tell the preacher that was good. Hopefully we tell the preacher that was good. And, and uh, we go home and, and that's the high point of our, of our spiritual life. <laughs> you wonder about it? <laughs> I mean, that's, dude, that's... That's life. That's that's so commonplace. And it's so irritating. Man, I don't know. Sometimes I just wonder if I'm even cut out to be in this world because <laughs> it just frustrates the tar out of me. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? Because it is so, you know, what stuck out to me, kind of similar lines. But I just kept thinking about these Pharisees, their only concern is influence and, their, and losing it. Yeah. They didn't sit there and go, like even privately, at least as far as we know, you know, they didn't sit there and go, I mean, the guy did get healed. I mean, if you think about Old Testament stuff, right? You, you look at Elijah and and you know the prophets of Baal and and the the back and forth. They were they were not afraid. The prophets in the Old Testament were not afraid to represent God, even when they were radically outnumbered. In fact, yeah. nobody seemed to be afraid, right? I mean, in the end, right? I'm sure there were people who were afraid. We just didn't read about them because why would that be in the Bible? But you see what I'm saying. So now you're looking at these Pharisees, these religious uh, leaders, and they see this miracle in front of them. They said, we can't deny this. He's right here. Yeah. What are we going to do? Well, we got to make sure they don't say it's in Jesus' name because we lose influence. We lose authority. We lose yeah. power. For they, it, There's no honest, there's no, well, maybe it is <laughs> honesty. That's the sad part. But I mean, that's just it. They didn't. They weren't about having a relationship with God. They were about control and having a hold of the people, this grasp mm. over the people. And it just frustrates me because so much of that, too, the people make that happen or allow that to happen, so yes. to speak. Yes. 
Now, let's go back to your story that you were telling us. You you lapsed in, and correct me if I don't have these words right, sure. but you lapsed into an unconverted believer. Yeah, unbelieving, uh, yeah, stage, unbelieving believer. Unbelieving believer. Yeah. And uh, so, so when you read this, um, story that we've read in these 22 verses. What, what's your first thought, Vicki? Well, my first, my first thought when I look at this is, and we see it today, it's religion. Mm-hmm. And so religious people have, a, have a, the one thing to me that they're missing is they haven't, they don't have the experience of God. So they had an experience of God, right? But uh, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all these leaders, these high priests, they didn't have an experience of God. There's a lot of people sitting in church today that haven't had an experience of God. Wow. What God had to do with me, he took me from religion to relationship. And some, you know, we hear that all the time now, but it's real. Yeah. And so how do you have a relationship with God? Well, you have to experience his his grace on your life, which comes in many different ways. It came to me in many different ways, but he literally had to put me on the front lines with someone that had moved, had moved in healing and moved in all the gifts that we see in first Corinthians. What is it? 12, the gifts of the spirit. He had to put me on the front row so I could see, and it could be demonstrated to me so that I could believe mm-hmm. because it was so ingrained in me from religion that I couldn't, I couldn't receive it. Mm. In fact, I was told that it was of the devil. A lot of it, yeah. false signs, mm. false wonders. Okay. So the Pharisee crowd will tell yes, you that. Yes. And so he had to, I had to experience it for myself and once I saw, even saw people healed or saw people delivered or whatever it healed or whatever it was that they needed, when I saw it for myself, when I saw the power in the demonstration, which is what even the, they saw, everyone saw the mm-hmm. power in the demonstration, but the enemy is, he's after the glory of God. He's always after the glory of God. So they're going to go after the name because the glory is in the name. Mm. And so they're going to go after the glory. They don't want, Satan doesn't want God getting any glory for anything. So, you know, it was hard for me to give God the glory when I didn't believe in it. So he, he allowed me to experience the real power and to see it demonstrated. And these people, what a time this must have been to see this man that had been lame for 40 years suddenly leaping and dancing and walking and they couldn't deny that yeah. so one way or the other they're going to steal the glory if they can mm-hmm. they're going to take the name now, now this miracle happens uh at the hand of peter and john and and caiaphas and the, and the priestly family the people of pedigree mm. we say it that way people the of people, pedigree the people of I'm pedigree. getting a bumper sticker made i like man that. <laughs> uh, they 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 figure out that Peter and John are uneducated. Right. Uh, they, they don't perceive that. They don't have any right yeah. to to operate in this way, and yet they're operating in this way. And they have the pedigree, and they're not able to operate in this Love way. Love it. Love what you're saying. Keep going. So so Vicky, you said you went to Bible school, right? But you went to Bible school after you after. had an experience, right? Mm. Because once you experience God. 
your love for his word is just on fire. You can't experience the word and not be on fire for it. But you don't have to go to Bible school no, to have No, absolutely you sure. do not. Speak, no, speak, it, well, speak to common people, Jeremy, can you? <laughs> all right, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no it's, it's, so this experience word you keep saying, th- this yeah. is what's, what's key to me. And when you first started talking, Vicki, I... The the thing that came out in my brain is education versus revelation, and right. and how I I think that in the culture we're in today, the vast majority of church leaders, um, they correlate experience and education as the same thing, and and what I mean by that is. Uh, they will say you need to like, for example, it's just broad stroke. You need to come to church and have an experience with God as we teach you the word. So, so we connect all of this stuff together. And so we are relying on education. And this is what, what the foundation of like Rama Bible college was, right? Rama is the, the, uh, revealed word of God. Okay. So. So what happens is, is we get a lot of people in academia and we, I believe we begin to train people that the more you know scripture, the closer you are to God. And it becomes this false uh, metric for relationship. And it would be no different than me and my wife if all I ever did was read about her. Right. right. I, I'd have yeah. zero relationship with her if I just read about her and not right. just about maybe reading her memoirs. Or, right. Like I have all these notes and this is as romantic as it gets. Right. <laughs> I have like 50 or so letters that we passed in school in high school from they're now 30 some odd years old. If you wrote letters, you really are old. I'm saying. Wow. Now hers were in cursive. <laughs> I, I will say hers were in cursive. She, now, and, and for the record, she has none of mine. But anyway, um, but I have all these notes that we used to or pass, you know, and it says things like I'm in fifth hour. My whole point is if that's it, if that's all I had, right. I would have a pretty decent understanding, like like we'll, we'll say surface level understanding of what Lori may be like. But, but here's the other side of that. I have, so if those who know me know I'm a much better verbal communicator, like through conversation than I am through written word. For whatever reason, I'll talk your head off, but when it comes to writing, it's like as concise as I can possibly be, which means writing something in detail is very hard for me. Well, Lori's kind of the opposite. She doesn't talk a lot, but when she writes, she writes very fluid. Like I love the way she writes. Um, and so there's limitations in that world, right? And so as we study scripture, we have just this crustal view, just like the very top view of, of kind of the beginnings of understanding the, the nature of God. So if that is the expanse of my relationship, there's no relationship at all. It's just information. And right. so I love what you said that you have this experience which drove you. And, yeah. and this is the thing. This is why I put this in the order. And I'm a heretic for this and I'm okay with it. The order of, <laughs> of importance of value is relationship with the Father, then scripture underneath right. that. Yeah. And it is. I've heard so many pastors say, um, like that statement I just made, they, they, a lot of them would totally hate because the idea is that I've got my own thing. I, I hear from God, my own words. And, and I, you know, it doesn't matter what scripture says. And that's not remotely what I said. What I said was there's an order. Mm-hmm. Everything that God tells me directly, none of it contradicts scripture. 
Right. If it did, I'd go, maybe I didn't hear him right. Exactly. <laughs> but it starts with my relationship with God. And and in fact, I'd argue that anybody who's a true believer, that's where it started for you too. Yeah. You didn't read scripture and go, I'm saved. <laughs> Right. You were drawn by the Holy Spirit, as Scripture That's teaches right. us. The Holy Spirit draws men to God, and and so that drawing, God receives you, and you receive Him. This this interconnectivity. Anyway, I don't have to go through the gospel, but well, obviously, Scripture has value because we're doing exactly. a conversation <laughs> exactly on Scripture. Exactly. But but to to your point here, let's let's go back to verse thirteen. Uh, it says they were astonished. And they recognize these, this Peter and John, who are uneducated and common men. They're astonished and they recognize that they had been with Jesus. Right. That's they, good. They have been transformed in that presence. They, they weren't transformed by the reading of scripture or the teaching of mm-hmm. scripture. They were transformed by the presence. Yeah. I'd argue it's because the Pharisees absolutely knew Jesus. He taught in the temple. Yeah. Right. So they knew who Jesus was. They, they followed him to keep they, an eye on him. Absolutely. And so it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the clinging. Like this, this scripture right here is a perfect example of the clinging to the last thread of influence and hope that they can maybe keep this thing down. And it's like, <sighs> you know, they look over at these guys and they're like, well, we can't deny this guy was healed. Let's ask him. Let's see what they say. Maybe they'll say, oh, we prayed and trusted God. I mean, maybe that's what they'll say. And they're like, no, by the power of Jesus Christ, whom you killed, <laughs> like yeah. they lay it out there so thick. And so, you know, the Pharisees are like, <sighs> well, what are we going to do now? So they, they saw the boldness of Peter. So Vicki, why do we not have boldness in the church today? Why are we so passive? Mm. You know, I've been pondering that lately because it's, it's a, it's a real issue. I, I think that there's a timidity that we have that we're, that doesn't belong to us. It's not a part of our spiritual DNA. It's not who God made us to be. And you have to make a decision that where you're going to stand. You're either going to stand on his word and you're going to stand on who you are in him, on your identity in him, what he's called you to be, what he's called you to do regardless of what others say around you, um, you're either going to be on his side. I mean, you can't, you can't be on two sides. I see it all the time, people that don't choose. He, so he redeemed my life from the pit, okay? Now, I could have chosen to stay there, but I didn't choose that. I chose to crawl out of it. You know, people, sometimes we just get so, uh, honestly, we get a little bit of, bit lazy spiritually and we don't we want him to do all the work and yeah he's yeah. done it all he's given it to us all but you know what I had to make a decision to crawl out of the pit because I got myself into it he was going to help me but he wasn't going to do all the work I had to do some things a lot of people won't even take the time I'm not being judgmental here but you have to take the time to renew your mind. If you don't renew your mind, you're not going to be bold. If you don't have an experience of God, you're not going to be bold. Mm-hmm. See, I he blessed me with the experience, but I was open to it. I was searching. I was seeking. I can't think of the scripture that says uh, that you will receive the implanted word of God that will 
save your soul. Mm. So to be implanted means that he put something there. But the other side of that coin we, we lose is he put something there and we embrace what he put there. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have both, we have an incomplete experience. And with no experience, we're, we're Pharisees and, and uh, just going through the motions on Sunday morning. Yeah, it's like I, I heard the, as you're talking, I heard this passage, faith without works is dead. Like my faith without any kind of corresponding action is is irrelevant. And it's and it's kind of like, <clears throat> you know, they're, they're, the grace folks out there, which I count myself as one, mm-hmm. the, the, the grace folks out there w- would say, you don't have to work to be justified in the eyes of God. And I would agree 1000% with right. that. And I would too. Yeah. yeah. When I say works, it is, it is the evidence that you have faith. You know what I'm saying? Like right. if I don't put action to it and in case in point, I mean, if God's, if let's just say this, if God says, Jeremy, you can fly, then my faith action is to effort to fly. Right. <laughs> right. It's not right. just to sit around and go, no, God said I could fly. I'm just going to stay here I'm on the couch go- and fly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's, there's got to be this corresponding action that, that proves out your faith, not for others, but for yourself, for yourself, because at some point you will grow, um, uh, with you'll you'll become spiritually uh what's the word atrophy you you, you your spirit has yeah. not been flexed moved exercised and i think that you know you you just talked about the implanting of the word of god wayne and i think that's the same concept when i think of faith without works is dead i think that scripture defines faith um jesus uses a seed as an example he says faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen and in another passage he talks about faith as a seed and what do we know about seeds is they contain nothing but potential they do not contain no. sustenance by themselves they create poten- or have potential of sustenance by what by an action right when i plant the seed and cultivate it right then it can become fruit bearing and now i have sustenance. Now I have something. And I think that that's kind of the point is that, you know, this doesn't take away from the work of God in any way. What it does is it does exactly what the father wanted from day one. And that is a dependent creation, a creation that relies on him, period. And so there will be nothing on this planet that we will ever do that doesn't require a dependence on God ever. Right. If I had a mic, I'd drop it. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I'll okay. drop, I would drop it too. We, we got about four minutes. So let's, let's hit one more point here if we can. Um, uh, verse 19 says, whether it be right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge for we cannot but speak what we have seen and heard. So what I hear under that is Peter and John actually gave them permission yes. to disagree. Right. I heard that too. And be okay mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. But you can disagree we're okay if you disagree, but for us, we cannot help but speak and operate in what we have seen and experienced. And you know, in in a in a Facebook world, boy, I just opened up Pandora's box, didn't I? You in did. a Facebook box where where we don't want to give people permission to have a different idea, different opinion. Mm-hmm. And, and so we create controversy and we create barriers. We build barriers that then we have to overcome to reach those same people for the gospel. What if we could just really give permission to people to say, hey, you, you just, you, you do you, 
we're going to speak what we speak, and then we're going to trust God to come around on the other side and implant something in you. And then when he's implanted something in you, we're going to come alongside and encourage you to respond to that. Yeah, it's not our responsibility to get other people to think like us. Exactly. It's just not. Yeah. It's our responsibility to be true to who we are, even if it gets you in lots of trouble. Yeah. And then let God work that out however he wants to. And I, that is so hard for us. That And there's pride wrapped up in that. Jesus said he would draw. You That's to, right. Oh, man. You have to let go of your need to be right. Exactly. Which is a big problem on, on social media. You just became the most unpopular speaker in this podcast, <laughs> in this conversation today. That's a With stretch, someone, I'm sure, because you put it on people, individually. Yeah, it's, yeah. it is an individual thing because if you, if you get on like social media platform, Facebook, for example, a lot of the arguments are just people needing to be right and they're not even listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that's a problem with social media is, you know, it's it's a lot easier when you're talking to someone face-to-face than when you write stuff because you can misinterpret things all the time. But people don't even try to understand because they need to be right. And you will type things that you would never say to someone's face. True. Yeah. That is absolutely true. I did a social media experience, experiment shortly before I got off social media for a while because this was the telltale sign, to your point exactly. I just posted... Hitler is one of the most evil men who ever existed. And I thought, let's see who argues with me because somebody's going to. And, and I didn't say he's the most, right? One of the most. Right. So it's open-ended. It's like, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, most people I know, unless you're a full-on Aryan. <laughs> and and so, of course, I had two or three people go, well, actually. <laughs> and I'm like, that's it. For me, the, the thing was, I'm getting off social media if I get any argument on this knowing I full well was going to. And that was it. I, I canceled my account, got back on later. But that's to, to your, <laughs> well, and there's, didn't even want to do that, long story. But that's the, that's the whole point, though, I think is exactly that. People want to be right, and I do too. I want to be right all the time. And the first step that I learned to being right all the time is to admit when you're wrong. Because boom, right, you're right back there again in that rightness that you want to be. <laughs> right. So, so is it safe to, uh, as we get ready to close here, um, to to narrow this all down, these 22 verses, that anybody can have an experience with God. We need to have that experience with God. And then that experience will produce a boldness to live out that experience. I think that's safe. Amen. Wow. Yeah, it's good. Vicki, final thought? Well, I will say this about experience. Experience illuminates the word. Mm. It's like, Watching it, this ages me, but I remember when I saw the first program, it was Batman, and it was on a color television. Mm. And it was phenomenal. It just, but experience, the experience of that just set set that show alive. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with experience with God. It just, it just illuminates the word when you have an experience with him. That's good. There you go. Jeremy, you want to praise that? Sure thing, sure thing. Father, we want to, first of all, just thank you so much for just who you are. You are awesome. Like the way you created all of this, the the design, the function. I don't know, any human that thinks they could have done better is just crazy. You are amazing. And we just thank you for that. And we just ask that anything we talked about today that maybe maybe we were off on, you, that we were askew and you don't want people to hear, just delete that from their brain. Just like, you know, the flashy thing on Men in Black. Just get rid of it. 
and and the truth that you want amplified in what we said, that it would truly be amplified. We trust you for all of that. And we thank you for your mercy and your grace and to, to the, just the confidence we know that, that what goes out from this recording is your glory. It is your will, your purpose, and your plan. And we just ask that anyone who's listening to this right now would have a blessed rest of their day and that they would be encouraged and emboldened to seek you first and let you do the work through them. And uh, yeah, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We want to thank you for uh, being with us in this conversation today. We'd love to hear from you. Contact us. Get on redux.church. Send us a comment. Let us know your prayer request. Uh, find out information about our upcoming in real life event. Yeah, yeah. It and uh, always we'll be look there. forward to seeing you in our next conversation. We pick up the last half of Acts chapter four. Thanks for being with us.